welcome to another chapter of Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast, where we give you a deeper look into your favorite Christian authors and the inspirations, research, and methodology that goes into writing the books you love to read. Here's your host, Jamie Vaughn. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Vaughn with Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast. Today's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast is brought to you by Bethany House Publishers, a division of Baker Publishing Group. Today's guest is Jody Hedlund, who wrote the newest novel called Falling for the Cowgirl. Hi, Jody. How are you? Hi, great. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. So I want to hear about this story. Can you tell us a little bit about it without giving too much away? Yes. Well, this story is um, a series in a series. It's the fourth book and they're all standalone. So if if readers have not jumped into this series, they are definitely can read this one by itself. Okay. But this book is about uh, the family, a family saga of five siblings who are struggling to survive in the high country of Colorado. Mm -hmm. And this is, um, Ivy McQuaid, who is the youngest child in this family and the only girl. And so in this story, she gets her happily ever after. And readers who've read the previous books have already gotten a glimpse of this feisty and precocious Ivy in her younger years. But falling for the cow girl, um, now Ivy's all grown up and mm-hmm. she's searching for a place where she belongs and can finally call home. So what drew you to the rancher's life to make you want to write a series around that? I actually spent part of my childhood in Colorado and um, lived there for a little while as um, my husband was in graduate school as well. So Colorado has held a very special place in my heart. And during a recent family vacation there, before I started writing the series, I visited the high country up in South Park and looked at the area and realized, wow, this would be the most beautiful place in the world for a ranching story. Mm -hmm. And so it was not only a beautiful for ranching, but was loaded with so many historical details that so far I've written all five of these books in the series and haven't run out of information. So, um, I'm not typically like your normal cowboy romance writer. There's some, there's some authors who specialize in Western fiction and that's not necessarily me, but this series just happens to be the cowboy ranching setting up in Colorado. So what was the inspiration for the family throughout this book, the book series? You know, I'm not sure like there's one particular family that I, that inspired me, but I did at the start of this series really want to center around a large family and kind of do something a little bit longer than I've done before. And so when I was creating and crafting the characters, uh, I wanted really strong cowboy men. And so I gave, I gave the family the four guys, but then I was like, I need to have this girl in there as well. <laughs> and um, so she, even though she's the youngest, she's uh, gets book four and one of her brothers gets book five. He's kind of the black sheep of the family. So he's, he's kind of off to still doing his own thing, um, living his rebellious life. So readers will be excited to finally get his story, which is book five. So tell us more about Ivy. What was um, like your pool to write about her? 
Ivy is a really, um, you know, as I mentioned, she's grown up with four older brothers. So she's kind of a, a tomboy and she'd rather spend her days chasing cattle and wandering around the ranch than doing women's work at home. <laughs> so she kind of bucks the constraints that are, have been put on women. And she, uh, as the story opens, she's actually involved in what's known as a cowhand competition, which we know them as rodeos nowadays, but in the 1860s and 1870s, they didn't call them rodeos yet. And they weren't like a huge production the way they are now, but it was sort of the beginning of the rodeo days. And so uh, I was um, wanted to give her uh, something that was uniquely hers. And so gave her this idea of competing in these cowhand competitions so that she could earn money in order to buy land of her own. And as it turns out, in those days, women were not allowed to participate in cowhand competitions. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do so, she had to disguise herself as a man. And so she, as the story opens, has been doing these cowhand competitions because she's the tomboy and she's learned how to rope and she's learned how to ride and she's learned all these trick riding um, how she's learned how to do trick riding and how to do all of these different things. And so she's really good at it and is winning these competitions. And none of her family knows because she's kind of doing this on the side, not telling them. But in walks our hero. Mm -hmm. And he um, comes back to the high country because he's actually a bounty hunter. He's hunting down war criminals from the Civil War which um, happened a few years before the story opens. And he has come back to the high country. And um, in previous books, you kind of get some idea that there's a little bit of a love relationship kind of going on between them. They're enemies, but they, they like each other. You know, they're always butting heads. Mm -hmm. And so he comes back and he's at this cow hand competition and he sees her right away and he recognizes her even in spite of her costume. And so um, he follows her back to her ranch and, and calls her out just like he always does. He's just very straight shooting straight forward kind of a guy. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, that that's, that's the kind of girl Ivy is. She's not your typical, you know, woman, <laughs> but it makes for a very interesting stories. So so you mentioned the hero, which is Jacob mm -hmm. Bliss, and he tends to be one who rides on the side of danger a little bit and kind of can put those that he loves in danger. Do you mm -hmm. feel like we should be people who face our fears or respect our fears in regards to um, life in general, you know, in the way that you write as well? Right. Well, you know, as you mentioned, Jericho is uh, dealing with some trauma from his past. He has uh, had some, some horrible things happen in his family. And I won't say all of the stuff just because I don't want to give that away to readers. But so he ten, has closed himself off to relationships because he doesn't want to hurt anybody mm -hmm. that he's close to. He doesn't want to involve them in this dangerous life that he's set out for himself in hunting down war criminals. And so he has closed himself off. And I don't, I don't know that he's necessarily uh, living in fear so much as that he has just decided that 
he doesn't want to be hurt and he doesn't want to take the same path his father has. And so he's trying to set out a new course for himself. And in the end, you know, as most of us do when we're trying to handle things on our own, we end up making a big mess of it. (laughs) And he does, he makes a big mess of it and, and realizes he's becoming a lot more like his father than he, and, and that's what he'd been trying to avoid. And so in the end, he realizes that truly he's going to stumble and fall if he, if he always is trying to do this on his own, he's always just going to keep stumbling and falling. And he has to hold on to the one who can truly hold him up and keep him from stumbling and falling. And so he kind of goes on this long journey to, to get to that realization that, you know, even if he tries to shut people out and do things his own way, he's going to, he's he's never, life's never going to be perfect. And the only way to truly make it through, through is to hang on to the one who can hold us up no matter what we go through. And I apologize. I called him Jacob and he is Jericho. Jericho. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what makes these two such a great pair? Well, Jericho is a very strong man and uh, very immovable. And Ivy needs someone like that, someone who can, who accepts her for who she is, but yet can tell her and, you know, not be bowled over by her. She needs a strong man since she's such a strong woman. And he really is a strong man. Uh, He's seen her through a lot of things over her life. He's watched her grow. He's experienced a lot with her. They traveled West together in one of the earlier books. Um, he helped bring some cattle West and uh, on their wagon train. And so they developed this friendship and have been able to share a lot with each other. So I think that ultimately, you know, she's, she's always had this crush on him and he's always seen her as a little sister like figure mm-hmm. and actually made sort of a promise to Ivy, Ivy's brother, who's the, the next in age, that black sheep that I was telling you about. He made a promise to um, that brother that he would not go after Ivy, that he would cherish her and look at her as the sister and protect her. So he has this had always had this view of Ivy that she's a young girl, that she's a sister. And Ivy's always been bothered by that. She doesn't want to be seen as a sister and a young girl. And so now as the story unfolds and he's back and she's finally an adult, uh, she doesn't want him to see her that way anymore. But he's obviously he's trying to keep people out of his life. So there's a lot of tension going on. <laughs> so what really and truly sets this book apart from the rest of the series? Well, I would say that this book centers around, obviously, the other books have all been about the men in the family. And so this story tends to focus more on a woman coming of age and trying to find her place in the world, in a man's world. And some of my other heroines in other books have also kind of struggled through those issues. But this is more central in this story that she has been shut out of of the cowhand competitions. She's been shut out from buying land. She's not treated the same way the men are. And so she's, she's struggling through all of this stuff. So it's really a story about her coming out of from underneath the shadows of all of the men in her life and learning to stand strong 
on her own two feet. And don't we all need to do that? We're all trying to, to make it in a man's world. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with men at no. all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I went talking to friends, they're like, you know, we have to, to fight that. And you're like, no, 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 no. We're, we're all in this together. So yes. yeah, just finding yeah. your place in that world. So when mm-hmm. the reader finishes this book and they get to that last period in the last chapter and they close it, what do you hope that they take away from it? Well, again, I, I hope that in this, with this story that, um, that like Ivy, she, this whole story she's, and, and same thing with Jericho that I mentioned, they're, they're sort of trying to do everything on their own and they're, and, and life just keeps crumbling. You know, they're building their life on a crumbling foundation. And so instead of of that, my, my hope is that readers will realize that the best place to build our lives is, is on God's unfailing love and the one who will never leave us or forsake us. And so to learn to take our aches to the Lord, instead of trying to bear them all ourselves. Um, And I think that lesson is true for both Jericho and Ivy. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what happens with the book and readers. What's up next? What's up next is book number five, <laughs> the last one in this series, and that releases in February on Valentine's Day, no less. Okay. Yeah. And it's a wonderful story. As I mentioned, it's about the, the final brother in this family who is the black sheep, and he uh, finally comes um, of of his own back to the high country of Colorado and is repentant. The prodigal son has returned kind of story and just showing like, even after someone has returned after being a prodigal that they are just still struggling. And so it's just going through all of his adjustments and struggles and the consequences of his sinful lifestyle before kind of catch up to him. And he's got an illegitimate child. And so it's just, as a, as a, um, it's really a beautiful story um, about him um, having to learn to forgive himself. Like he's, he's, he know God, he, he realized God has forgiven him, but now he has to learn to forgive himself. So. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting. And Jody, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And everyone, make sure to go out and get the book called Falling for the Cowgirl. It's available now wherever you buy books. And if you like this chapter of the Christian Fiction Bookshelf podcast, make sure to click subscribe below. Thanks for listening to Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf podcast. Stay up to date on all things Christian fiction at familyfiction.com. Christian Fiction Bookshelf is produced by Ross Kluver, hosted by Jamie Vaughn, and edited by Brandon Woolham. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss a chapter.